Real or no real? Do I have a really good friend who sold her house, sold her business, moved away from her family and her kids and grandkids, who she loves and cherishes more than anything in the world, in order to escape the tyranny she saw coming in her country? This would have sounded unreal two or three years ago, but it's true. Find out more about it in this episode and listen to her voice memo. Her story needs to be shared far and wide. And we know a lot of you have the same stories and know people with stories like that and a lot more. So please send us a voicemail and tell us your story or to share critical information or your ideas about how to take everything that's happening to all of us all around the world and turn it around. So I just want to explain a little bit about my job. Um, I, I was a disability support worker for 12 years, uh, so working with people mainly with intellectual disabilities. I was a very, I am a very, very good all-round person that you would want to support your child with a disability. So from here, I went out finally and created my own business, um, supporting people with a disability on holidays. And from there, I also got general clients where I would just support them in their home with appointments, doing their day-to-day stuff, anything that they needed me to do. From there, I gathered um, one staff member up to four staff members. And so this is what I did. I worked sometimes 16 hours a day because I would be doing 24-hour shifts. I was driving on the road. I built my business um, from from the ground and it was working, it was running really well. And anybody that knew me got the best service. They got the best follow-up, the best service they've ever had in their life. And they can attest to that. So, you know, I was really, really proud of my business. At this age, making a business, I'm 54 now. And so at that stage, I was 51. And, you know, I was like, oh, should I do this? It's just me. It's just, Bob, you know. Um so anyway, I did it. So that was my that was my business, and that's what I do. So clearly, um, when COVID came, we had people shutting down industries like uh, the disability group homes. Um, we had them shutting them down and locking those people in their houses for their so-called own good. Uh, their parents had to make appointments to see them once a week, sign in and out, and have this protocol around it. It was absolutely shocking. Exactly like the rest homes, I. Um, I freaked out because I was being told all the time, and especially by one boyfriend at the time, um, which makes it sound like I had lots of boyfriends, but at the time he was saying to me, you know, your job's next, you you know, you, re- you really should move in with me, your job's next. So I was, I was like, I don't want to move in with this guy, it's only been a few months, that ain't happening, mate. And um, so I, I went home and I was freaked out and I was upset and I was like, he's right though, you know, he's right, my job is next, they're coming after disability, what am I going to do? And at this stage, nobody was taking anybody with a disability anywhere and, you know, being locked down for somebody with a disability is... um. It's an extreme because there's routines there that, uh, especially, you know, with an intellectual disability, there's routines that you want to keep. There's, oh, frustration. It's just like it changes their whole outlook on everything that they're doing if the routine is changed for some people with intellectual disability. So um, I got that sat down and I wrote to anyone I could know, any support coordinator, any provider, hey, listen, while everybody else isn't working because they're worried about this virus, I'm full on. I'm here. Of course, it wasn't like that. It was a professional letter and an email, and I sent it out. 
from there I got four jobs because my work had dropped off. I had I had five, I think, supported holidays lined up. I had two staff members at the stage and I was going for it, you know, like going for it. But then bang, overnight, over two days, they went, those jobs went. So this is when this letter came in. I managed to get work for myself and I carried on. About, you know, I, I did this for a wee while and I got a permanent client out of it. Then I got another permanent client out of it. And it, and it kind of actually worked to my favor. I got a really good name. Um, and then what happened was everything went well. People came back after this lockdown. And, you know, I'm going to jump forward to this is about my business, about my work. Jump forward to um, business is going well, full staff. Money was being made. Um, I was still very aware of the situation, what's going on. I knew everything. I was going to protest. I knew everything. And I knew mandates were still coming. So here we were now two years, nearly two years later, they have decided to mandate the disability industry and many other industries and then give the date. I think it was December the 19th or something like that. If you haven't had your vaccine, you're out. You're gone. And this is what happened to me. I, I I thought, my God, my business is gone. My staff were unvaccinated. They didn't want to be vaccinated, four of them, four of which I didn't know any of them before I employed them. And, um, yeah, I was gone. So from there, my brain jumped into action. I was in fight or flight mode, and I, fl I flew. And I now live in Thailand. It's so hard to put into five minutes what Australia has done to its people and what Australia's people has done to itself. And while we all sit there and think our government's the worst, every government is the worst. Every government is in on this charade. And it's been happening for decades. And anybody that refuses to see it is in for a real shock, actually. I'd like to say I feel sorry for them, but unfortunately I don't because I'm not that way inclined anymore. I have no faith left in people. I'm done. Um, whereas I know there's lots of people that have still got faith and you know, you've still got to try and good. you carry on because I'm absolutely spent. I'm exhausted emotionally on the type of people that just won't even listen to what we have to say, even though it's been proven day after day after day. Australian police, uh, Australian health, Australian government, who could trust any of them? Nobody's got any faith in them. The media, well we know the media. I, I, I don't even have words for the media. I've, I'm panned out with the media, I just can't stand them. Um, and uh, you know, I sit there and I think about my own children, I think, what if one of my children was spouting this rubbish? How would I handle that? Like, I honestly don't know. I'm, all I can say is I'm really, really lucky. I have two two children, 33 and 35 coming up. Actually, oh, it's her birthday coming up. Um, remember, no mental note. <laughs> um, imagine if they would believe, believe this stuff. I would just be beyond myself. But thank God they they see it themselves and not from my teachings because probably the way I brought them up, but not from me forcing upon them because with my children, they're so strong-minded like me, I can't make them believe anything. So thank God they've seen the light um, because I'd be I'd be a real mess if they didn't. Anyway, moving on from that, Australia, they uh, the police, 
let's talk Melbourne, Melbourne, Victoria. What didn't they do to those poor buggers down there? They um, didn't let them protest. When they tried to protest, they arrested them with five cops onto one on, and a peaceful person. There was nobody they didn't approach and tell to go home, so you were allowed to go um, for a walk an hour a day. After, they were locked up for over a year in their houses, not allowed to go to work, not allowed to visit people five kilometres out, not allowed to do their shopping out five kilometres out. Uh, they had to see a doctor within five, and then they had to have a special uh, note to say if they were going to a specialist or they were going somewhere. It was absolutely horrid. And when they tried to protest, like I say, they were violently treated by more than one, more than one, more than four cops on top of them. There was no one that uh, they didn't discriminate against anybody. They took out old ladies, children, old men people with disabilities, pregnant woman, they went into a pregnant woman's house, took her out for saying she was trying to incite a protest on uh, Facebook. They took her out fully pregnant. There was another pregnant woman sitting on a park bench having a rest in a park out for her walk and they come and talk to her about what, where was she going, what was she doing. She was just a pregnant woman. It was just shocking. This was happening everywhere in Victoria and in New South Wales. It was really horrible. Um, you know, I remember a great one where they went up to a man sitting on a beach all by himself and arresting him. I mean, it's just crazy, isn't it? And at this, and that person was in Queensland. And at this stage, like all over Queensland, they couldn't come up with five cases. This was just—it was beyond. You can't even begin to imagine what they did. They ended up firing rubber bullets at protests, um, gassing so many people. And then there was a huge massive protest down in Canberra, the capital of um, the capital of Australia, and they brought out a sound. I'm going to have to get this anyway. They brought out this speaker thing, and it has a sound that it emits a sound, and it burnt and blistered people all over their body, their lips, like you've never seen, like anything. People were exhausted. They were sick. It was a it was absolutely horrible, and to this day, they won't even talk about what they did down there. So, I also want to talk about how you know how it's affected me personally. Well, it took my took my job, took my business, took my pride, took my money, just took my sense of self and self respect, and you know, just takes everything. It strips just strips everything from you strips everything from you and um, that's that's one part of it it stopped my grandchildren from going to school kindy uh, you know I had to worry about my grandchild my oldest grandchild who's actually she's 12 next month worrying about her getting vaccinated at school behind our backs because she's such a compliant girl even though we are not she is you know it made us look at school what's really happening at school made us look at the uh, government and what's really happening in the government in the mainstream media. I never believe the mainstream media. Um, never have. You know, I just seen it as a, just a big lie anyway. But I, I truly, honestly, didn't have a uh, handle on the underbelly of that, of how deep and dark the media really are, and you know, and who controls them, and, and the, all the strings that are being pulled. Um, you know, I'm now separated from my family. This is, you know, I, 
I will stand and fight and fight and fight, and then I do this flight thing. I was actually renting in a um, nice house. I really loved it. I had a beautiful garden. I loved my life. You know, I was fully working, had friends, got a great family, always had my grandchildren. Even when I was working, I'd stop and go and pick them up, drop them off. You know, I just, I, I was doing okay. I, I ride a motorbike um, and I would jump on my motorbike in my free time and head to the mountains and go round and round and twisties and have fun doing that. You know, I had enough activity in my life. I was enjoying my life. Even during COVID, I didn't really stop any of that. I started seeing things in ads like rental properties, like only vaccinated need to apply. And I was like, my God, this is getting so scary. You know, I rent. And um, I'm renting in a what you call a gated community. It's not got a gate, but it's one of those, you know, they're all the same bloody houses and everything's run the same way. I was already living in a government. Uh, <laughs> and I knew that too. I knew that. I knew that because... When I didn't bring my rubbish bin in one day because I was away on a supported holiday, my job, and um, I was away for 48 hours, I hadn't brought my rubbish bin in and I got a letter from the body corporate with a warning saying, we're going to let you away with a warning this time, but next time you do it, this will go on your official record. <laughs> and I was absolutely furious. I, remember, I ripped off a letter to her. <laughs> I told her what I thought of her and um, said, do you not think the government's got enough stranglehold on us already? Do you not think people control our lives already without you worrying about my bins being out there 24 hours? I was just furious. I was like, yeah, I do everything right in life and she's worried about my rubbish bin being out there for longer than 24 hours. I was like, get off your bum in that office where you've got cameras on my rubbish bin and come in and bring it, do, you, do your neighbour a favour and bring it in for me <laughs> like I do for mine, you know. So, um, so I was well aware, you know, being put in your place like that in a body corporate when are they coming for you? When are they going to say, actually, I'm sorry, if you don't have your vaccination, we need to keep this whole community here safe and you're out. And I started going down that line, you know, and there were rabbit holes. And honestly, I, when your job's about to go, when you're worried about where you're going to live, I don't want to live with my children. I'm a very independent woman. Um, they will come and live with me, but not the opposite way around. You know, I will borrow their money, but not the opposite way around. I just can't. I've never done that or never been like that so um, you know I really was just freaking out so why did I move to Thailand well it was a flight or fight response and I stand up and fight all the time for my rights or my you know for myself for myself and my family I will always stand up and fight but this time I took flight I just freaked out I was worried that they weren't going to, I was in a rental home that I really loved. I was worried that I had been seeing rental ads saying vaccinated only need to apply. And I was thinking, wow, I live in a gated community. When are they going to come for me? When are they going to come and turn us out if I don't have a vaccination? Because at this stage, it was just pumped, pump, 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 pump vaccination. No doubt in Australia, you will know. I mean, I couldn't go on the motorway without every sign flashing. Have you had your vaccination? Have you had number two? Have you had the booster? Um have it by the December or you went the mandate say you can't do this it was on the it was on every form of social media on every form of news it was 
on every window in shops. It was everywhere. You literally couldn't pass it. And working in a, as a disability provider, I constantly had these things coming through my email. Uh, so, so I was like, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? And originally, uh, my daughter come home and said, Mum, I know so many people going to Croatia. They're going to Croatia to live. And I was like, wow, okay, Croatia. We've only been taught to think Croatia is the most, uh, you know, full of poverty and orphans. I'd never heard anybody go to Croatia or anything about it. Anyway, I researched Croatia. Then I found out so many people had been to Croatia. So I was looking into Croatia. I found some social circles and on Facebook, and I was really getting right into this Croatia business. I was going to go there, book a ticket, and how was I going to get out of the country? Because nobody at the stage could leave the country. But I was actually on a New Zealand passport and a New Zealand visa, whereby New Zealand and Australia can visit each other for as long as they like. We don't have, like, 30-day exemptions and 60-day. As long as they like, as long as you're behaving yourself. Now, one of the exemptions under the under the law at this time, under the COVID laws at this time, that was you could leave if you were a New Zealand citizen under this particular visa, uh, I think it's a trip four or something visa. And I was like, right, well, I'm, I was not allowed to go home to my own country, New Zealand. I was not allowed to go home there, but I was allowed to go home, uh, I was allowed to go to Thailand, or I was allowed to go to Croatia if I did 10 days quarantine I was prepared to do it then I got a letter from uh, I got an email from a guy that I was talking to in Croatia he said look I hate to tell you this but Croatia's starting to pull rank um, the United Nations want them you know forcing them to do things it might not be just hold off for a wee while and I was all ready to go so then um, this Thailand ad came across I'd been to Thailand before kind of knew their ways didn't really like their ways too much but I kind of knew their ways and I was like okay well I'm going to Thailand and and you know what? That's actually what happened. <laughs> I went to Thailand. I said goodbye to my children, my grandchildren. And in my head, I was, in my head, I was finding somewhere for everyone to live when the really hits the fan, which I truly believe it's going to hit the fan. Um, and I was also trying to find another way of making a living because they took that away from me. I Anything I want to apply for now, I just can't. I'm not vaccinated. There's no job for me. I'm unvaccinated. There is no job for me. So I was like, what am I going to do? So um, anyway, here I am in Thailand. Long story short, I ended up leasing a property with six bungalows on it so I can run them over the high seasons, which they haven't had a high season over here, which means good tourists coming over here on a little island. It's a tourist island. And I am here on this property every day working my guts out from usually 7.30 to 5.30 at night trying to make this place decent for when the tourists come. Do I like it? No, I hate it. I want to be with my family. But I still see things in Australia are really ramping up so fast. We have an energy crisis. We have um, lettuces being, a lettuce is $10 in the supermarket at the moment. Petrol is around $2.45 a litre. You have to work that out to gallons. They are warning, they're asking people not to use their dishwashers and certain things all over Australia to save power because we have a power crisis. Uh, interest rates have just gone up. They've told us that we're in, we're, we get ready to hard times, just like everything that's happening in America is happening here.